Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. We are back after a little hiatus here. And you guys are probably getting worried. Uh, but we come back with a vengeance here with Dick Yingling. Uh, I've been trying to get him for like a year and a half. So he was gracious enough to uh, take the time to sit down with me. Uh, we talk uh, a lot of baseball, um, obviously the beer business, and anything else that uh, that kind of comes up here uh, as a local fellow coal regionite. Um, before we get to Dick, a couple other news here. Uh, we are going to be starting a website. So it's coalregioncampfire.com. Uh, it's not up and running yet, uh, but I'm going to have it up and running. I'm going to be doing more reviews on there, video reviews. Uh, we're thinking about doing concession stands, block parties, all that kind of stuff. So if you guys have any ideas, definitely send it my way. Um, and in addition to Darren March, our fabulous uh, charter member sponsor, uh, we are also sponsored by Cackle now. Why did my voice crack like that? But Cackle is also a sponsor. Um, so you'll see on the podcast we are sponsored by Cackle. I don't need to tell you guys here about Cackle enough, uh, but if you are a local resident, you worship here, you work here, whatever it is, if you have any connection to Schuylkill County, you can bank with Cackle. I use them for everything. I bought my car with a loan from them. I bought my house. I, I, I bought uh, at a signature loan. Uh, so they take care of you. Um, but keeping, uh, you know, guys, keep up to date here. I'm going to be uh, updating the website, that kind of stuff. I'm going to have some fun things going on there, hopefully, uh, to kind of keep everyone engaged on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, but on to Dick. All right, we are... Live, not really live, here at uh, Yingling Brewery. We are with uh, Dick Yingling. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I've been, I've been trying to get you on, so this you, you've been kind of like, uh, what was I called, the white whale. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy that you're finally here, and we have a good uh, you know, interview in store talking about baseball, and, and you already got me a baseball sign, which thank you, this is great. It's going to go in my, uh, my little man cave. Um, so in, in trying to prepare for this interview, I, you know, I, I heard you were a great baseball player. So I went to the library. They actually didn't have your yearbook of your year. So I had to go to Club 18 and do some research there, which wasn't a bad thing. Uh, Tommy O'Reilly has all the, all the history of everything. Anybody that's come in there, uh, he's had the history of what they've done in life as, and as far as uh, sports go. He's a good guy. So what positions did you play in, in high school? Well, I played second base and I pitched. And what was it, your what was your better position? Well, I, I pitched pretty well. So uh, my senior, my junior year, I played my freshman year. I played second base. Sophomore year, I played my sec on second base, and uh, and I pitched a little bit my sophomore year. And uh, then our junior year, we had a really good pitcher, Johnny Toback from uh, uh, up in Middleport, and he pitched us into the uh, District 11 finals. So I, I pitched the alternative game, pitched all the tough games, and I got the uh, cast townships and guys oh, okay. like that, you know, so I had a good record. But uh, my senior year, I was a starting pitcher, number one pitcher, and we got we got the second round of the playoffs the Schuylkill League playoffs oh nice which back then was a big deal right well it was it, it these some of these small schools were very good St. Clair was really good and we played them and we beat them in 11 innings I pitched against Steve Androsco and uh, in those days there was no pitch count so you you threw and threw and threw until your arm, your arm off, stopped right? yeah. yeah 
absolutely. And uh, so Stevie pitched a good game, and I pitched a good game. We happened to beat him in the bottom of the, I think, the 11th, I can't remember. But uh, that was that was a great game. It was like a 3-2 game, and we both had a, like 12 strikeouts and oh, wow. two walks. And uh, uh, we gave up each four, five, six hits or something like that. So it, it was a great game, good ball game. Now, were you a good batter? I hit all right. You know, I was okay. Uh-huh. And I played basketball also. I was a basketball oh, nice. Player. What position did you play in basketball? I was a guard. Okay. Yeah. Now, who was your coach in, in basketball? Larry Haberly was our coach. Okay, he yeah. was from St. Clair, and he took over uh, the basketball team, I think my junior year or senior year. I can't remember. And he also had the baseball team. But uh, in basketball, I had five coaches in in, in four years of high school. <laughs> uh Dawn Miller was a, a great coach. He had a great team back in uh, 1957. And they could, the Jolowins and Jimmy Whitaker, Frank Prestilio, a guy named Edwards was their center, Carl Engelman. They had, they had some good ball players sure. back in 57. They all graduated. And I played a little bit as a freshman, not much, but uh, what, my next year was 1958, so I didn't play with those guys. But uh, they were good. The East Penn, we played in the old East Penn League. Okay. Uh, the East Penn League was. Uh, uh, Pottsville and Hazelton, and then they had Allentown, Allentown Catholic, uh, Bethlehem High School, Bethlehem Liberty it is now, and uh, Easton, and they were good. They were really good ball players. Right, yeah. Those... And we went through my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, we didn't win a game in the East Penn League, and finally my, our senior year, uh, we won three out of 12 games, so we were three and nine in the uh, you know, you figure three and uh, thirty-six in my high right, school yeah, career. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so uh, so I played basketball, baseball. I enjoyed it. I loved it. Now, when I was going through the yearbooks, I I saw your pictures. I, I took a couple photos. It doesn't seem like you smiled much in the photos. Was that was I that on purpose? To, I hated to get my picture okay, taken. I don't mind interviews, but I hated to get my picture taken. It definitely I had a funny look on my face, and that's one you're going to talk about. Yeah, I don't know if you have a dip in there or not. Or. Uh, I had my, my, my tongue in there. Oh, no, okay. I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't even smoke in those days. Uh, we tried chewing tobacco and all, got lightheaded. A guy named yeah. Moxie Rank was the uh, baseball manager. He, was, uh-huh. he took care of the balls, bats, and all that stuff. Moxie Rank from Palo Alto, and he had red man chewing tobacco. We were stuffing our face with that. We all got lighthead, and we couldn't hit, couldn't feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did Copenhagen was, one time at Rotary, and I, I was trying to be cool, and, I yeah, put it, well, and then I went home and puked, and I was yeah, like, I, I, we were, I'm done We were with on this. the verge of it. So what is it about, I know you're a big baseball guy, like what is it about baseball that you love so much? Well, we used to play when I, I grew up on Howard Avenue, and we had a, a lot of families up there, a lot of kids our age, the O'Reillys, Nortons, Billy and John Norton, Joe Bound, mm-hmm. Keith, uh, Harry Croswell was up there. And we used to play baseball, football all the time. We used to play on a field up in uh, Oak Road. We were always playing basketball in the alley behind our house. We had a basket, and that went on from, geez, when I was only like six years old, the uh, next-door neighbors had a basket. Mm-hmm. We just played basketball all the time, and then, then it was football in the football season, baseball in the baseball season. That's all we did was Yeah, I, I, I was with a friend of mine who came in town yesterday, and we were saying, like, we were outside. I mean, not to sound like an old guy, but we were outside, like, 350 days a year. You know, we weren't on the computer. We just got, went out, and whatever it was, football season, basketball season, whatever it was, we just went outside and figure something out that's the way we were we were either that or we were up in the mountain playing in the mountain and uh, i remember when they were mining coal up there and there was trucks coming off of sharp mountain up be- up behind uh, oak road 
uh, and the kids were always up there playing. We had BB guns and we were shooting yeah. targets up there, and we, we had a great time. Pottsville was a great town back in the oh yeah, in the, back in the fifties. You know, we had fun. Now, after you went to Lyco, uh, Lycoming, you came back. Uh, Scotty Reichert, who was actually on the podcast um, a couple a couple months ago, he said the reason he got into coaching, he I and mean, he was a, a, a favorite coach of mine, was because you coached him in Little League for Yinglings. And he said you made it so much fun, and that kind of inspired him to to be a, a baseball coach. And well, that that's nice of him to say that. He was a good kid. He was a, he was little and he couldn't hit the ball out of the infield, <laughs> so I made him bundle all the time. He used to get mad at me. I'm surprised he, he liked me as a coach. Yeah, he spoke but he used very to get mad. A... <laughs> now, most importantly, and, and people always like make fun of me, but uh, you are the owner of the greatest little league franchise in history of uh, Rotary. Yingling, how much pride did you take in that? Well, it wasn't it wasn't us. When Little League started in Pottsville, I, I think it was like 1953 or f- something like 52 or 53. Uh, the dairy sponsored the Little right, League, right? Technically, we're the ice cream kids, yeah. Yeah, and I, I we didn't want to get involved in it as a brewery, uh, but when when I uh, bought the brewery in 1985, uh, the ice cream business closed down, and they you know they needed sponsors, so we just call it Yinglings, and I. I you know, I pay for it, and they don't know whether it's ice cream, beer, or what it is. It's just the Yingling family. Now it's now it could be the Yingling Brewery or uh, Yingling Gift Shop. You know, oh right, yeah, technically so we, yeah. we could call it that. But I, I don't want to sponsor, you know, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-year-old kids with beer. So uh, it's just Yinglings, but now it's the gift shop. Oh, good. You yeah, know? there was a I guess because of the uh, the Little League Association, it couldn't technically. Yeah. 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 Um, now you, you signed Aaron Nola to, to sponsorship, uh, which, you know, the synergy between that is, is great. I mean, do you ever, like when he came up here, do you ever take him to the field and see if you could you hit one off of him or maybe, or throw one at him or? Well, he's, he's pressed for time. Uh, we had Darren Dalton working for us after he mm-hmm. retired from baseball and Darren was a great guy and so is Aaron. But uh, Darren was a great guy, and of course, uh, about two years after we started uh, using him for promotional activity, uh, uh, for advertising uh, local events up here, we'd bring him up and he'd sign autographs for people. He was a, he was the nicest guy. Everybody loved him, and he got brain cancer, mm-hmm. and of course, he passed away a couple of years ago. But uh, last year, Aaron Aaron had Aaron's from uh, Baton Rouge. He lives like three blocks from LSU. Okay in uh, Louisiana and we had just opened LSU and I think he tried our beer down there. He went to uh, uh, LSU in college, pitched three years there and then the Phillies signed him. And anyway, he had tried our beer, he liked it and he said to his agent, he he said, maybe they'd hire me as a sponsor uh, to sponsor, you know, do some promotional activity. So, you know, he's busy now. I don't don't bother him with too much. We're allowed to use him so many times and but I don't want to bother him while he's pitching or, you know, during the season too much. So this is his first year with us. But he's a very nice young guy. He's a good pitcher. He's a tall kid. He can throw. Uh, and, and a nice fella. Very good with people. Quiet. More quiet than Darren. Darren right. was a jokester. Darren was a jokester. He was a nut. But uh, Aaron, Aaron's a different personality, but he's very good. People like him, and uh, we're, we're going to see what happens with him. People, we have a billboard down on 95 in Philadelphia mm-hmm. with his picture on it and uh, the a bottle of beer. And we're allowed certain things sure, in the yeah. major leagues. You know, uh, you can't overstep your bounds with those people. But sponsorships with players are okay as long as, right. they, as, long as they approve it. Sure. 
Now, who's your favorite Philly of all time? Well, I started out watching, we had just gotten cable TV in the f- mid-50s, and I was a big fan of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, okay. Because they were, they were on. We had the, all the New York channels here right. in Pottsville. Yeah, so I was a big fan of uh, Roy Campanella, the catcher for the old Dodgers, and uh, we got the Dodger games, the Yankee games, and the New York Giant games. And, of course, in 57, they left uh, uh, Brooklyn, and the Giants left New York. And I started watch, following the Phillies. I just thought Robin Roberts was a, a great pitcher, and I met him and had the pleasure of playing golf with him uh, uh, down at uh, Lime Kiln Golf Course and outside of Philadelphia, he and Kurt Simmons. And uh, he was just a really nice fella. He also coached uh, baseball at the University of South Florida, which happens to be right around the corner from mm-hmm. our Tampa plant. And uh, he lived there, and we, we, we struck him a nice conversation when we were playing golf, and uh, he said, now, if you're down there, he said, call me, we'll go for dinner or something like that. That's the kind right. of guy he was. So he was a really nice fella, and he was a great pitcher. I mean, he pitched 250 innings was nothing for him. You know, those guys yeah. in those days started a game, they finished the game, and and uh, he just had no offense behind him. But he w- he would have won 300 games if he had uh, a good offense behind him. But he was a, good, a nice man, very, very nice man. Did Dutch give you some good stories from that 93 team? Uh, yeah, but none, <laughs> nothing that I can uh, uh, relay figured, over, figured, oh, even right. on the Internet. I, I couldn't talk about it. <laughs> now, kind of transitioning to, to the business, you took over Yingling's when, when, uh, in your mid-40s. Um, and I think... And today, you know, you have to be successful before, you know, you're 30 and stuff like that. Was there ever, I mean, and, and what you've done with it in, in really a short amount of time is, is incredible. Was there ever a time where you took over and, 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 you know, you were doubting yourself or or just like, geez, what did I get myself into? Or No, there was never a, a – I wanted to keep the business going because, of course, our family started in 1829 and uh, I was the fifth generation or still am. And uh, – I we got lucky. We got very lucky that craft beers started uh, to, to be in vogue, you know, with the right. beer drinkers. And Sam, Samuel Adams, Jim Cook kind of started that. And I saw his beer up in the Boston area, and, and it was a darker beer. It was, it was pretty heavy. It's almost as heavy as our porter. And uh, uh, I thought, you lighten that up a little bit. We're going to have a good beer for the coal regions. Because at that time, we really didn't have much of a mm-hmm. distribution system. We had very few wholesalers. And uh, it was all our, all our beer. We were surviving, surviving strictly on eastern Pennsylvania and Lancaster, right. Harrisburg, and Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. So anyway, uh, uh, this brand just took off, and uh, it was a good beer. Our brewmaster, Ray Norbert from Shenandoah, uh, was our brewmaster at the time, and he formulated it, uh, the lager brand, and and it just exploded. And we were very lucky. And there weren't 7,000 craft beers sure, out yeah, there at that time. We were yeah. one of the starters, but we we're also considered the largest craft craft beer maker in the United States, which yeah, know, a lot of people don't even look at us as a craft beer. Right. Uh, but, but what's Chesterfield Ale? What's Porter? What's Black and Tan? That's all craft beers. And so is the lager, actually. It's not a sessionable, sure. just regular premium beer. So... Uh, we've, we've been very, very fortunate, you know, and we, my kids, I asked them if they were interested in getting into this business and, and, uh, we were in the process of maybe building this brewery over in Mill Creek and, mm-hmm. and, uh, we expanded this to the point that we couldn't, we couldn't make any more beer. 
And before I build a brewery, I want to know that the children were inv- wanted to be involved in it because I'm going to spend money on a on a brewery if you know if, they, if they're not going to right keep the keep the tradition going after five generations. And they all looked at me like I was nuts, and they said, "Well, yeah, we want to be involved. We all do." So, which was, you know that almost made me cry quite honestly. Uh, it was neat when the, the four girls, uh, you know, usually a guy will yeah, do it, right. but you have four daughters, and uh, if you get one, I'd be fortunate. But uh, all four of them wanted to be involved, and they are, and they're very instrumental in the growth of this company. They, they all have important jobs, and they're doing a good job. So we're just a very fortunate company. Now, you know, the kind of the, the theme of the podcast is the coal region. You know, you're, you're saying you're the largest craft beer, but there was always kind of like— because you're from the coal region, was like you're kind of like the David in the, in the industry. You're a motivated guy to begin with, but was there always that part of like oh, we're just like this small town scrappy you know company, and we're you know you just push a little harder, and you know your work ethic is is legendary in terms of you know coming here at five a.m. and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just I just think that uh, we got very fortunate and. The people in the coal regions supported us to keep us alive uh, during the 50s, 60s, 70s, and part of the 80s. But uh, the explosion really took off when uh, we made the lager brand, and uh, it took off up in State College at Penn State. Oh. The the pitchers of beer up there, uh, every bar up there had it, and the kids loved it, and the bottled beer and the canned beer was selling real well. And uh, then we got a wholesaler in Philadelphia that took us took us from about 50 kegs a month. In about five years, we were selling 10,000 halves of lager a month in the city of Philadelphia. Wow. And then, of course, word spreads to Baltimore and other cities. And now yeah. everybody wants our beer, uh, all the wholesaler network. And we really didn't have a wholesaler network in those days outside of a few eastern Pennsylvania guys because we couldn't supply them anyway because we only had this one brewery. But in 2000, or about two, 1997, we decided to build the new brewery over in Mill Creek uh, after the children committed to being involved. And uh, then we could open up more and more markets. And, mm-hmm. you know, wholesalers talk what's hot in your area. And uh, they all said, Yingling, get Yingling, take the Yingling brand if you can get it. And uh, that's what happened. Yeah. You know? I, 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 I did a little research, like in like the wine industry, for example, like when, when they created Barolo wine, it was, you know, the younger generation taking over their, their parents' mm-hmm. vineyards. But there was always that struggle, like they were kind of introducing a new way to, to make this wine. You know, you had four daughters, you know, working. You, you seem open-minded in terms of, like, you know, you, you release new beers, but is there a little bit of a struggle, like, that you want to just keep things the way they are? Like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of stuff? Well, I, I know what you're saying uh, somewhat. I want to be real sure we don't get – we dabbled in seasonals, okay? Uh-huh. And for a brewery our size, and we're not big. You know, you asked me a previous question was uh, – you're the little guy. Well, we're still the little guy. We right. just have different competition. Sure. We have Bud Miller and Coors are our competition, and they're 30, 40 times bigger than we are. And uh, uh, so, we, you know, we got we have a tough—it's uh, tough selling our beer against these people. Right. Uh, especially Anheuser-Busch Company that was sold out to a foreign concern from Belgium. So it's, it's just very difficult. So we really still are the little guy. I mean, we sell— 
2.6 million barrels. They sell 90 million barrels. Right. So there's a big difference. Sure. You know, there's a big difference between them and them and us. But they're the they're the guys. The craft beer is great. You know, they've introduced people to. Uh, to uh, different kinds of beers. Some of them I like, some of them I don't like. They kind of uh, feature hops in most of their beer. And you know what hops is? It's a preservative. A lot of these guys don't pasteurize their beer. And if you don't throw a lot of hops in, it'll turn sour on oh. you. So, but the public uh, has a, an affinity now for hops. That's right. why we make Chesterfield Ale, which is a hoppy beer. But we, we pasteurize that. We've made that forever, uh, an ale. So, you know, we, we are what we are, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, we're, we're looking at some new brands right now. Uh, the Golden Pilsner's a new yeah, brand. Yeah, that's a great, and, that's a great everyday like beer. That. It's a good, it seems to be a, a good summer drink. Uh, we're looking at a couple other brands uh, where we can make a relationship maybe with a food company. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But these kids want to dabble in different things, and uh, that's okay. I'll let yeah. them know. But I, we tr- we try, like I said, we tried the, the uh, seasonal thing, and it's very difficult because you have to get all your summer wheat beer out of the right. market before you come out with Oktoberfest. And we're going to stick with the Oktoberfest, but the rest of it's probably gone. We, we, we want to make beer all year round. Sure. Uh, Oktoberfest, you can't do that, but uh, uh, that's that's for October and you know the the celebration or whatever it is. And uh, uh, so we're, we're going to keep the Oktoberfest. We make a good Oktoberfest and uh, sell it at the right price. So that's what we're going to stick with. But now, we will develop some new things. At the end of a long day, you go home, you open your fridge. What's the beer you go to? Well, I drink a lager premium at home. Uh, I go out, I drink light lager, uh, you know, there's less alcohol yeah. in it and the, you don't have to worry about driving home yeah. from wherever you are. So that, that's what I drink when I'm out. But in a I, can or a bottle? Well, if I, bottles at home yeah. and bottles out, but I drink canned beer. I, I take it to, I take cans down to Florida with me or I buy them down there. When I go down there, it's easier to carry. So my dad, he when we go to uh, New England to visit my sister, before he get it up there, he'd always bring... And he'd always go get the cans. We're like, Dad, get the bottles of lager. And he's like, no, no, the cans, because they were cheaper. And But he said he saw you at Palermo's, and you told him, actually, the cans stay better. Well, they don't get light struck. Right, yeah, and, yeah. And, and uh, you know, that if there's one really great thing that the craft beer segment of the industry has done is they've introduced, they've okayed the, the, the beer drinker, that millennial beer drinker, yeah. to cans. Because it's easy for them to make. Sure. And uh, uh, so our can business is through the roof. We do almost all cans here in Pottsville five days a week. And uh, our, our can business is way up. And because people accept it. And there was never anything wrong with canned beer. It was always good. Uh, the can is lined so it doesn't touch the aluminum. Sure, yeah. Uh, the can company puts a liner in it. Uh, there, You can haul 30% more on, with a, yeah, right. a, a load of cans because they're uh, one-third less uh, uh, weight to mm-hmm. them. So, uh, cans are good. There's nothing wrong with cans. Yeah, beer. I know. I, I, for me, I like I, the I know, I know. It's, but it's it okay. Price we, that's him. why we make yeah, both. He, he was not like a beer guy. It was more like a price. Well, that's for. why we make both of them. <laughs> now, I saw you in line at the Yorkville Block Party last year for Bellinis. Is that your favorite Bellini in town? That was my girlfriend buying the Bellinis. Okay. I was over to give her the money to okay, buy them. Right. I, I, don't, there's, I, don't eat, I don't eat a lot of food. I, I keep, try to keep my weight down. Uh, and uh, I don't eat a lot of you know, hot dogs and stuff like that. Bellinis, yeah, do Bellinis like are good. Bellinis are good, but she'll make them at home once in a while. Do you have a favorite cold region food? 
Yeah, not really. Uh, that type of food is okay. Hlupkis, I like pierog- yeah. pierogies are very good. I'm, Mrs. T's has a great business up in Shenandoah. Uh, I like those. They're they're very good. You can buy. I can buy them down in Florida. Their their brand is in the public market down in Florida, and uh, I'll buy. We'll buy them down there. And, but I usually go out for dinner down there. You know. Now you know you say you keep, you you keep pretty fit. Do you still do the baseball camps? I know on the tour they tell us that you you know you did the. I can't throw the ball from me to you anymore. Oh. Uh, I I did them up until about three years ago. I was I went down first. I went down in nineteen two thousand was the was the year I went down and uh, uh, I got on the team with uh, John Crook and Mitch Williams team. So they they wanted to pit, uh, pick me. So I was th- I was throwing the ball with another guy and and they said hey you don't throw so well but you know you well, we want to pick you I said hey I haven't thrown a ball in 40, <laughs> 40, 40, 40, 45 years I said I'm having fun here I said just pick me that's all I want to be on your team and, and they said well what do you play I said well I'll catch for you I'll catch every game so I told I told that to Crucky and the first day I had an appointment up at the brewery in Tampa to meet the uh, the plant manager up there because we had just made we wanted to look at the brewery yeah. before we bought it and this just happened to be when i was at this uh, fantasy camp in clearwater and up north tampa is not that far so i got a car and went up and i came back and he said where were you we need a catcher you know <laughs> you, you told me you couldn't play today and they they gave me the the go to the day award or uh, something i have a picture of crook with a a noose around my <laughs> neck, you know. It, it's all fun. Those those guys make uh, that fantasy camp. It's it's not cheap, but it's fun to go. What do you through. you play a game? You play a couple. You games? play games. You just play two or three games a day. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they they do a lot of kidding around. Larry Anderson is usually there. I don't know if he's going to is he still does it, but uh, uh, the guys that run now. it are fun. Yeah. I I played for. Uh, Three years after 2000, I didn't go down again until 2012 or something like that. And uh, Tommy Green, the pitcher, the old pitcher for the Phillies, and uh, Danny Jackson were my coaches, and they were both good guys. They were a lot of fun. But I caught I caught those games. Oh, nice! And that, that was fun too. But I, I I wore myself out. I can't do I can't do it anymore. I'm too old for That's it. That's a great experience. They though. keep trying to get me to come back, but uh, now we're doing the sponsorship with the Phillies and. Uh, yeah, that might be a know, good reason to get back. Well, I, I'll go down. They say, come on down as a general manager. Or oh, yeah, like Coach that. Third or something. I'm or busy. Coach first, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up here. I, uh, since I, I actually brought you, I don't even know if you drink. Um, my dad and I, we make wine, so I brought you. Uh, oh, I know you do. I don't know if you, if you <laughs> even drink wine. Well, I'm not a wine drinker yeah. and not a big wine drinker, but I'll try this in yeah. uh, Dominica. I'm sure we'll empty this. Yeah. So well, well it's, it's our pleasure. That's good. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's nice. You got a baseball, I got a bottle of yeah, wine. Exactly. That's a good trade off. Okay. Thanks, Dick, so Th- much. Appreciate thank you very much. Bye-bye. It's a pleasure.